All right. Oh, I've got a good opening line. Okay. Call me cold noodles, because I'm sober. Sober so noodles. So, so well done. So, yeah, I, so I've this been, is, this I've is been working on that for a while. <laughs> this is what we. This is what you brought, Brad Ned. Uh, yeah. Top five too. Yeah, I stopped drinking, and it's just awful puns for it's the next thirty minutes. Really gone downhill. Wow, we've had a bit of a break. We have. We've had some, illness. Uh, some emergencies. I had home emergencies, frozen pipes and yes, flooded living did. room. I had uh, home emergencies and that I was violently ill. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It sounded like a good one. It was bad, man. Yeah, was hallucinations. Yeah, literally. That's insane. Yeah. Like, I, this flu is, uh, yeah, it's a killer flu. It's not, uh, not a pleasant experience. My younger one got a call from the school at like like half an hour after he arrived at school oh, no. going, uh, yeah, your son's in the office, and we were, like, at a doctor's appointment, and yeah. we're like, yeah, he's just gonna have to sit there, because first of all, we know this is baloney, like, uh, <laughs> was it baloney? Oh, it was absolutely, the moment he got home, he was like, hey, can I watch TV? He was like, nope, nope you're sick. You're sick, get yeah. into bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it was that's great. That's it was great. I really enjoyed that. All right, so last week was, our last uh, podcast was a very special podcast. It was, yeah. we were embarrassed about. <laughs> So yes, so this is probably where we are going to overlap the most. Yeah, I think this part because I know your album. Yep, and I really like your album. Oh, everyone likes my album. Yeah, your album is like universally popular. And I knew one song from your album, and then you played it for me after last week's show. It's pretty good, and it was great. Yeah, yeah I really like that album. album. Okay, so who wants to kick off? Uh, I'll start off. Yeah, let's week. do this. Yeah, first time starting off. So what's your album, Brad? So my album is uh, Steve Earle's. Uh, fourth studio album called The Hard Way. So this album came out in 1990, I think July of 90 it was released. Um, so this album, okay, first I'm going to explain why this album is important to me because I think it sets up the music quite well. And uh, really it's all about the music. So why this album is important, why it's in my top five. So I was a Steve Earle fan on his first studio album, Guitar Town. I love that album. And I still do, actually. He just did a tour uh, about a year or so ago for Syrian refugee release relief, sorry, where he um, uh, did an anniversary tour of of Guitar Town and performed the whole album live. And it was a, it's still so a, what is that like nineteen eighty six? Yeah, yeah, twentieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, or thirtieth. So that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty prolific then, because I mean, this yeah. is like nineteen ninety, and it's his fourth oh, album. And his so, fourth I mean, album. Yeah. He was putting stuff out quickly. Uh, now. So he had two first two studio albums, bought them both, loved them, uh, Guitar Town. Second one was Exit Zero. I think it had maybe less commercial success, but it was a solid album. But both of them were very country-ish. Yeah. Okay, like very kind of traditional country, bluegrass, maybe rockabilly, but that's about the end of it. Can I ask at this point? Because my one point of reference for Steve Earle, Copperhead Road. I was just going to say, okay. then we get to the third studio album, and he does a complete... Uh, turnabout and releases an album that did have some country-ish tunes on it, but all of a sudden was com- was completely different. And and what was interesting was, from my vantage point as like a teenager, listening, c- consuming music as you did back then on the radio. Yeah, it was like you heard Guitar Town and Exit Zero songs on the country music radio station, and then all of a sudden. You, you never heard Steve Earle on the radio anymore. You had yeah. to listen to the rock stations to hear Cop- to hear Road. to hear Copperhead Road. All that mandolin. All that. There's mandolin. a lot of mandolin. There's there mandolin is a lot of mandolin. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a lot of mandolin in the late '80s, early yeah. '90s. Steve Earle's always had a lot of mandolin. Yeah, he, he seems like a mandolin recent. kind of guy. He yeah. Plays it a lot, actually. So Copperhead Road became this sort of turn 
to sort of a edgier, even like his persona was much more edgier. Like he had, all of a sudden he had long hair, he had a long beard, he kind of... So he didn't at first? No, he had oh, kind of, okay. if you look at him, he looked, just looks like a totally different person. See, when, when he first appeared in my life with, uh, with Copperhead Road... I thought it was kind of like, well, I mean, he is kind of like Willie Nelson, but I thought he had the same sort of history as Willie Nelson. Like, he had been doing this since, like, the early 70s. So he had been doing a lot of writing and performing for other people, but, you know, Copperhead Road was kind of his first big, successful independent studio release. Or not Copper Road, sorry, uh, Guitar Town. And then, with that, that bought him the the sort of capital to start start releasing music. But as it turns out, it only buys you so much capital, because as soon as he decided to get more creative with his music and start releasing kind of quasi-rock albums, all of a sudden the country establishment sort of dropped him and he had to go find, you know, find that commercial success in rock uh, stations. And so... This is like the echoes of, uh, of our the, first one. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, which the is, but So this is a very similar type vein of uh, a sort of arc of an, an artist's career. So I really loved... All of these albums. I loved Copperhead Road as much as I loved uh, Guitar Town and Exit Zero. And they were all very different albums. Then in comes The Hard Way. Far more, uh, again, edgier like um, Copperhead Road. The tour, the, the album was played on rock stations. The tour was uh, like sponsored by rock stations. Country music, you couldn't, you couldn't hear this on a country music uh, station, uh, music station. And a big part of this too was... I remember going to his concert and him saying something that sort of resonated with me when he said it live. And I think it, it sort of indicates undertone of the challenges he was running into in his marketability. And he said that basically, he said something to the effect of like, yeah, there's only two types of music out there, people. There's good music and there's bad music. These are the only labels for music we need anymore. And at the time, I didn't really think about that, like the, you know, the artistry of music. And then I thought afterwards, like, that's right. Like, because I had always been like, oh, I have to like this music. And, you know, early 90s, um, towards the mid-90s, you're starting to get a different exposure to music, say, like hip-hop music. Yeah. That uh, normally I would have been shut right down to. But someone like Steve Earle just comes out and says, like, this, don't worry about what the label is on this music. Just consume it and like it on its face. Uh, first time I ever really thought about that was with this album. And his attempt to try and just get anyone to listen to it and, and, and not care about whether it was country or rock or what have you. So uh, let's talk about the music on this. All right. So with that, you're, with the edgier sound, like a follow-up from uh, Copperhead Road, edgier sound, but a more personal album. So about this time, uh, shortly after this, uh, Steve Earle, either before or after this, he was arrested and he went through a ser uh, major uh, issue with drug addiction. And uh, lost, pretty much lost everything, actually, and had to start from scratch and deal with his, his addictions and everything else. And this album, you're seeing a lot of music about drug addictions. So there's yes, Esmeralda's yeah, yeah, there's Hollywood, there's Country Girl, uh, there's uh, a Nashville, West Nashville Boogie, all about like street life and drug life and people sort of falling off the edge. Oh, I like but, West Nashville Boogie. I yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's also now kind of a... Uh, a lot more, so that is sort of like, I think, in the background of this, but also sort of this like personal torment of an artist of like, you know, I'm never happy, you know, and that's the first song we're going to listen to that speaks to that. It's called The the Other Kind. No, that's a great tune. It's a great right. tune. Let's tee it up.
tortured artist like yeah I, i've got two of everything and you know i'm still down like i'm down and out um yeah you know and i think you're sort of seeing like the sort of depression around his drug uh drug dependency and stuff like this through that album through that song a bit so this album i also liked because it was my first sort of foray into social issues oh, okay so i grew up in a pretty rural community yeah. i'm sure you can appreciate where there were no social issues everything uh, was pretty yeah it was, it was everything was wrong. awesome <laughs> yeah Everything I've heard was that awesome. about Assiniboine. Yeah, everything was yeah. awesome as long as everybody was white, straight, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, all this sort of idea. So there were, and there was a lot of sort of something like, let's take something, oh, just randomly capital punishment. Let's just randomly think yeah. about capital punishment. Like where I grew up, capital punishment was probably thought of as awesome. We should have more of it. Probably people still do think like that. Whereas, you know, now I have a better through education and experience as you as well. It's an unfortunate necessity. <laughs> we still got to yeah, have it. Yeah, it. Yeah. You know, It'll we, be chaos. Madness. We understand the sort of, you know, issues of the criminal justice system, issues of social justice, access to justice. Justice in Ontario? Just, well, we're getting there. Sorry. We're I'm not there yet. We're not that one yet. So this album, or this song is called Billy Austin. It's uh, acoustic uh, piece uh, all about the story of a young man who finds himself uh, on the wrong side of the law and facing uh, capital punishment, facing the death penalty. All right, let's give her a listen. It's I'm coming back to drinking, but it's supposed that. to make you feel awful. There, yeah. there you go. And no, it was effective, and it made me feel. Uh, it made me a bit thoughtful. I yeah. guess so. That like so the piece we cut. So I invite the listeners to listen to the whole song. It's great, but the piece we played at sort of the back end that we chose to strategically play was sort of some rather powerful observations about you know who's on death row. You know, rich white men, rich white guys are not on death row. You know. Poor people, yeah. people of color, or who find themselves subject to the death penalty in the United States. Uh, you know, that's an important observation that I appreciate Steve yeah. Earle, you know, translating that to me. Yeah, and especially if you're like, you know, what? how old are you? 
I was like probably high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the first time you think about it. It is one of the first times you think about it. Steve Earle brings you that. Brings that. Brought that to me. So this album brought it to me. So we're gonna play one last song. All right. So also about this time, Steve Earle is really getting big in Canada, and he often attributed that to the fact that he did feel like uh, Canadians were less concerned about labels on music, and they were more than willing to just consume his music regardless of whether it was country or rock. Or so this shout-out was a conscious one. This is a conscious shout-out to Canada. And in fact, his he released a uh, live album about two years after this called Shut Up and Die Like an Aviator. And the live album is recorded in London, Ontario, and I think Peterborough, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's yeah. a live album. He managed from, to skip from, all of from, yeah. 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 All right, I can't remember where else, but yeah. it's live recordings from his Canadian tours, not from his tours in the States. And in fact, the album has a maple leaf on the cover, which is very, again, very telling. Yeah. So uh, this song is, okay, so Steve Earle is very keen on these social justice yeah, issues. Yeah, absolutely. He was becoming like a bit of a biker about this time too, and sort of, you know, refers to, you know, biker culture is, you know, his brothers and stuff like this. So this is a song about a murder in Port Hope, Ontario. Uh, the details of the murder are sort of loosely outlined in the song. Um, Where uh, is Port Hope? Port Hope is... I was thinking of it as cottage country. No, it's not. No, it's, it's, down, it's on the road. Yeah. It's, it's like, on the road. It's like between yeah. Trenton and yeah, like okay, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah on the four, just on the four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's suitably grim. I mean, like, yeah, Oshawa is... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a working class... Because I always look, look, think of this, like, I mean, I, I heard this, I was in Nova Scotia, and yeah. I'm like, justice in Upper Canada, yeah, ooh, poor, la, la. ooh la la. <laughs> you know? Now, this would be pretty rough. Yeah, yeah This yeah. is, like, 1980s, uh, and Port Hope uh, was an area that uh, was under the control, I think, of the Paradise Riders. Ooh, uh, they ended up becoming affiliated with the Hells Angels. Ooh, you know your gang. Uh, oh, yeah. Like gang gang, I think that was the gang. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I think they got swallowed up uh, by the Hells Angels. So these guys were bikers who were accused of this murder that apparently there was questionable uh, evidence to link them to it. So Steve Earle sets this up by telling a story. We'll just play the first verse. Again, I invite everyone to listen to the song. It's great. Uh, the first verse, though, is really fun because it tells the story of the Black Donnellys. So the Black Donnellys, the Donnellys were an Irish Catholic fam- family in southwestern Ontario in the uh, mid-19th century who were uh, sort of at the mercy of the Protestant uh, Orangemen's Order who, were, who was running Ontario at the time or Upper Canada at the time. Uh, the, and much like these bikers in Port Hope, I don't think the Donnellys... If you read about them, they don't sound like the most innocent of people. Like, they were pretty rough characters. You don't get a name like the Black Donnelly yeah. just by having the name yeah. Donnelly. Well, like, and I think gotta, part of you it... you got to do something And to get certainly that, uh, part of it, I think, is sort of, you know, who's writing the history. Yeah. And so a lot of these, you know, many of the Donnellys ended up in jail for things that may have been self-defense, what have you. Papistry. But there was an attack, there was a mob attack on the Donnelly home one night, and where uh, the family was murdered. Uh, and in, in an effort to sort of rid uh, this area of these Irish Catholics. So much like the bikers uh, in the later part of the story, in the broader part of the story of the song, these bikers are probably not like the nicest guys on the planet, but you go to prison for the crimes you commit, not the ones that, well, close enough, we'll just convict you of anyways. So the song is Justice in Ontario, shout out to Canada. Here we go. 
tale of the Donnelly's old Died at the hands of a mob that night Every child and man by the old clutch like Jim Donnelly was no angel sure But the burglar's bomb broke down the hill Well, the children cried while they killed old Jim And they killed his wife, then they turned on me No judge, no jury, no hangman Justice in Ontario Yeah, that made me want to listen to Copperhead, right? Yeah, like so it, it has that same sort yeah. of beat to it. Yeah. yeah, I think all the like, I don't think there's a lot of creativity in the music. I'm not enough of like, like I don't play a musical instrument. Yeah. I don't know enough about music and chords. I don't think there's a lot of creativity in the music there, but the lyrics and the it story. tells a story. Yeah, and it tells a story. It's pretty fun. Like it's almost stomping Tom Connors ish in the way he like sort of belts that met the. Like, blends things to rhyme with Ontario. Oh, like see, see, just out of your way to get that like last link. Yeah, up, yeah, you know? exactly. I was actually, I was, Don't I appreciated you know justice in Ontario that he didn't say justice in Ontario. Yeah, know? that's like, true. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, I'll give him that. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Linguistically, he's yeah. got it on, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a good song. Um, California. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, the hard way. Great. Album. Uh, yeah. Steve Earl. My sort of first foray into social justice issues. And, and you this, haven't looked back. And I haven't looked back. And the sort of power of the artist, if you will. Oh, man. You have themes. I don't have themes, man. I've just got Skinner. I've got the power of oh, Skinner. Leonard's, but everybody loves Leonard Everybody Skinner. loves Leonard Skinner, Skinner. Including me. All right. So the album I'm doing <laughs> is Skinner's first album, pronounced Leonard, Leonard Skinner, Skinner. Which is actually helpful. Because as everyone will see looking at the uh, the band name, it doesn't look like it's it pronounced does, Leonard yeah. Skinner. So we know, so the obvious question, I'm sure you can answer it. I'm going to serve up a softball. Yep. Who's Leonard Skinner, Ned? Leonard, well, Leonard Skinner yeah. was their uh, gym teacher at uh, Robert E. Lee High School oh, in Jacksonville, Florida. Who would have thought that Leonard Skinner yeah. was such hits as uh, <laughs> Sweet, Sweet Home, Home Alabama, Alabama and yeah. Southern Man. No, no, that was Neil Young. Who oh, that's Southern right, Southern Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, just about all their songs are somehow yeah, yes. somehow related yeah. to the South. Went yeah. to Robert E. Lee High School. Yeah, yeah, in Jacksonville, yeah. and I have things to say about Jacksonville. <laughs> but first, who who was Leonard Skinner? He is well known enough for having this band named after him. He's got his own Wikipedia page. Oh, you're kidding? No, and it's not it's not a stub. It's like uh, there's it's a, a there's thing. a picture of him. Yeah, he died. Because, he died he... like four years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Because wasn't he like? Didn't he like throw them out for having long hair? Or something like that. Well, so he, he claims he, he claims he didn't actually throw them out. But anyway, the, the 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 story is that they named this they named the band after this guy because he was particularly you know strict in enforcing the the boys um, hair yeah. code, like no long hair for yeah. for boys. And one of the members of the band either quit or was kicked out of Robert E. Lee High School, High school. in Jacksonville, Florida, um, for for violating this code. Now, now Leonard. Uh, Claims that no, no, you know he didn't care one way or the other, but the rule was the rule, and he was just, yeah, enforcing, just enforcing the rule. It, it seems like as time went on, although he was the villain in their name, he's kind of embraced the role. So, yeah. so I think in one of the later albums, he, he became a, a real estate agent after after leaving high, um, after leaving high school after you know ending his job. teaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they and they used one of his signs uh, on on one of their albums, and he used to get calls, I guess, at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, fans good for him. Far out, man. That's so anyway, yeah, it sounds like sounds like he he was taking it in the in the right spirit. So now Leonard Skinner, you can like you can look at them a bit with uh, some criticism in 
terms of like of Sweet Home Alabama to some degree. Yeah. Because, you know, there is, you know, the the controversy around the Confederate flag, which is a huge symbol at their concerts. So okay, so now I am only going to vouch for Leonard Skinner as it existed into 1977 and I'm when say, Ronnie Van Zant died. Yes, because after that, his brother Johnny Van Zant took yes. over the band, and it's still a going concern. And I think at one point, I think in around 2012, they dropped the the Confederate iconography, I like the, the the battle yeah. flag, but then brought it back because they said, "Oh, it's not racism; it's just you know states' rights yeah. and all that." So I'm not <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. First yeah. of all, I I haven't listened. Aside from the best of collection, a, a Skinner album released after seventy seven. So you know, when was the original? Line when was the plane crash? Seventy seven. Seventy seven. So the, the album we're going to listen to was released in seventy three. It was their first album, and this one, like, there is not a lot of. In fact, this one, I will say, everyone quotes "Sweet Home Alabama." Everyone "Sweet Home Alabama" is not on this album. It's not on this album. This actually has, in my mind, better songs. I think it does too. Yeah. So I would say this isn't their best album, but their best album is a best-of compilation, Gold and Platinum. Yeah. And in fact, if I were putting on a best-of compilation of best-of compilations, that would probably be my number one, because that is a great compilation. A lot of hits on it. Yeah, a lot of hits and a lot of solid songs. But some of those are on, some of these mm, are yeah, on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, well as some that are, you know, maybe not quite uh, as well-known, some of these songs. Yeah, well, I'm going to play one of the ones. In fact, let's start off playing one of the ones that uh, that's less well-known. So the, their first hit... Off their first album. I think their first big hit was Gimme Three Steps. Nice. Classic Boogie song. Yeah. I love Boogie. Uh, early 70s, this album was released 73, was the golden age of Boogie. You had all kinds of flavors of Boogie going on. You had, you know, your 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 glammy T-Rex Boogie. You had your arty David Bowie Boogie. And you had these guys Boogie. Yeah. Everybody was Boogieing in the early 70s. I went back to listen to Give Me Three Steps, and my God, if it didn't sound like um, the Northern Pikes, um, oh, She Ain't Pretty, She, she Just, pretty just that way, that And I just couldn't play it. So, yeah. so what I will play, luckily, because again, Golden Age of Boogie, there's plenty of other Boogie songs on this album. <laughs> so what I am going to play is one of their, their lesser known songs from the album, and one that I know you're in the mood, you like, uh, you like things with a, with a bit of a social message to yep. it. This is as close to a social message as I think uh, Leonard Skinner is ever going to get. What song, my friend? Things Going On. All right. Yeah, yeah, and there you go. There's
there's your social message. Yeah, Make yeah. some changes and do it soon. Just do yeah, something. Just for do God something for yeah, crying yeah. out loud. I mean, it's not entirely fair. So they do have some songs, not on this album, um, with a bit of a social message. Mr. Saturday Night Special about yeah, gun violence. About gun violence. Uh, yeah. That smell about uh, cocaine. smells. Uh, oh, yeah, smells. cocaine. Yeah. I think it's about cocaine. Bad odors. Yeah, yeah. bad odors. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, but I mean, this is not a, a social message kind of band. No, as much think, as they're, because they even like their big, you know, song, you know, the response to Southern Man, Sweet Home yeah. Alabama. It, you know, it's more about just like an insult. Yeah. And taking Southern Man personally. Yeah. And saying, well, we're not you know, all that. We're not bad. all like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, like not really taking to heart just the criticism. And apparently, like Ronnie Van Zant and Neil Young were pretty good friends. Oh, were they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Neil Young wrote a song for them that they never got a chance to record before oh. uh, Ronnie was killed. Before so. he was killed in the crash. Yeah. So oh, I think, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I never really took the the whole uh, Sweet Home Alabama. First of all, I don't think Sweet Home Alabama is that great a tune. No, it's it suffers from overplay. It does, yeah. yeah. Maybe I can't even tell whether like, it's a good tune. Or yeah, not. it's hard to tell anymore because it's yeah. just been sort of crushed. Uh, it's interesting. I remember reading a. It's funny. It's not even on this album that we're talking about it, but I remember reading a like a paper on Sweet Home Alabama where someone really? did sort of the analysis of like, you know, it's not as bad because they, you know, there's sort of the lines in there about. Um, you know, well, you know, Watergate. Like, yeah, it does not bother, bother me. me. Does yeah. your conscience yeah. bother you? And then, you know, in the comment about the the Alabama governor at that it's time. A, in Birmingham, Birmingham, they love the governor. Governor's boo, boo, boo. Yeah. As a response. And it's like, yeah. you know, we don't love. Yeah. Because it was a, you know, a, a segregationist uh, governor at the time in Alabama. Yeah. And I guess that's sort of their backhand. It's like, listen, like, we're not all like that. So funny, I was Don't actually, yeah, I was reading, reading an article, um, similar to that about the, um, the Roy Moore election. And oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And be like, you know, everybody in Alabama, Alabama was so happy that, you know, we didn't do the thing that everyone was expecting Alabama, Alabama to do. Alabama's not moving at light speed, is it? Yeah. In terms yeah. of, like, it's, you know, social and political, uh, you know, stances. Yeah, but I don't want them to write a mean song about us. So, that's true. Uh, so we'll move on. So, 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 yeah, that's a, that's a bit of boogie, a bit of social commentary. I want to talk about Jacksonville, Florida. I don't yeah. really have anything particular to say about it, except these it's guys are from like Jacksonville. the Panhandle. Yeah, I think, I think it's... not on the Wang. No, no, it's, it's not on the Wang. Close it's close to it's, the taint. Yeah. It's yeah. more of a taint. Uh, I don't know. If, is it on the Atlantic side? Or uh, the, uh, it's on the Gulf, Gulf Coast. Side. I'd like to think it's on the Gulf, because it's kind of like swampier and murkier. Yeah. and yeah, yeah, more tainty. It's not what you think yeah. of when you think of Florida. When you think of like Miami yeah, exactly. and, you know, Pitbull yeah. and, you know, you know um, Miami Sound Machine. That's not that bad yeah, yeah. in Florida. Yeah, exactly. No, these are these are like this is good swampy old denim wearing uh, <laughs> yeah. white boys. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to mention it because my favorite character in my favorite current show, uh, Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. I keep telling you to watch. Yes, it you keep you gotta, that, yeah. yeah, you got to watch it. He's from Jacksonville. Oh, and he's he's Jacksonville proud. And it made me kind of curious about this place that could produce such idiots. And then I found out about Blake Bortles. The quarterback. The quarterback, yeah. Jaguars. And then all of a sudden, he seemed to be doing quite well. Yep. And then... Uh, they lost to the they Patriots lost. on the yeah. weekend. Yeah. God, that's so boring. What an awful... Patriots stuff. are just a juggernaut. But, you know, there's one thing, you know, as a Patriots fan, now we're sort of morphing into football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... We started you know, out in football. We did start out in football. Yeah. We'll return to football. Sports journalists. The, uh... Back to our roots. Um, the Patriots, you have to appreciate the professionalism of that is of that franchise. Because they are all business. So let's uh, let's jump ahead. Okay. Let's talk about what really needs to be said about Leonard Skinner. Okay. And that's their relationship with the Allman Brothers. 
Oh, so, really? Well, no, IG don't think they actually had a, a fractious relationship. With but the very sim- similar genre. Similar genre. But uh, see, this is what's always bugged me. Okay. The freaking Allman Brothers are always hailed as the geniuses of Southern rock. And these poor guys here, the, uh, you oh, know, the, the, yeah, the half dozen or so people who have like gone in and out of Leonard Skinner are always seen as kind of the, the clunky kind of stupid um, okay. younger brothers to, to the genius of the Allman Brothers. And it's like Skinner did everything Allman Brothers did. They had like over long, over complicated guitar solos. Yeah. Yes. Tragic, untimely deaths. Yes. I mean, yeah. they, they, they had it all. Yeah. But, and that's always bugged me. But then I started listening to it uh, again today, like the first time I listened to it in a long time. And it's like, no, they're kind of right. And these guys aren't rock geniuses, but what they are, are really good pop musicians and pop sure. songwriters. Like they, I was listening to it today, haven't heard it in ages, and it just like all the songs hit the sweet spots. Yeah. Of, of what you want from so not a, like excessively creative. Nope, nope, and certainly not like the greatest musicians. Easily out there. consumable. Easily consumable, and I don't say this as a criticism to yeah, them. I say that this fine. is actually their their talent. Yeah. They would probably take offense to it because they probably see themselves Wanna as you know hard living yeah. rockers. But I'm like, no, no, that like that's not where your your skill set lies. You yeah. have to embrace the the poppy side. And I'm gonna play a song here that I think sums up. Um, that that view, the view I have on them, kind of the view that they had of themselves. And it's called Simple Man. Great song.
so easy. Oh, he does. And it builds up just the right amount of drama that you want to keep yeah. listening to it. Yeah. 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 Like, you know what I was thinking of when I was listening to that? I was thinking of the, uh, forget when it was released, the Cameron Crowe movie, uh, Almost Famous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about the kid who's traveling yeah, yeah, with his yeah. man. And, like, Clearwater, Sweetwater, <laughs> yeah, or something like that? Clearwater, Sweetwater, I think, yeah, is the yeah. name of the band, which was a fictitious band. But, yeah, it it's that sort of music, like that sort of, you know, guys in, like, de- you know, like, basically head-to-toe in denim. Oh. And this sort of, like, you know, rakey guitar, you're sitting back in some smoky bar, or, you know, consuming Pabst Blue Ribbon. So this is... Um... This album was one of the first albums I ever owned as my own. And I got it for Christmas. I'd never even heard it. Uh, but somebody, had, a friend of mine, had said, yeah, it's a great album. And and I just had to get it because of the cover. If you ever look at the cover to this album, it's not a good, like, photograph. It's, no, like, okay. like, it's like artfully just, it's all off to one side. Like, it's imbalanced and stuff. Right. But the band, there's, like, seven of them. They just, like, the most denim-clad people you've ever seen. And, like, they look like they just rolled out of bed and, you know, half of them are overweight. It's just, like, yeah. a bunch of long-haired schlubs who you can imagine the gym teacher, you know, yeah. taking a dislike to. Except for there's one guy, and I, I don't know who who's band. who is yeah. in the band. I know Ronnie Van Zandt, that's it. Yeah. But he's wearing this amazing leather jacket with these big cartoony um, lightning bolts down the sides awesome. and, like, like, a peak leather biker cap oh, oh man it's just like the most 70s thing you can imagine oh. but but not in the bad way not in the bad sort of lime green polyester pants yeah in yeah, the yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, just yeah. yeah we're just we're just schmucks who happen to know how to play, <laughs> play guitars and put together some good riffs yeah so so it was it was the album that re- sorry the album cover that really sold me on this and nice. i anchored so this is something i found when i was doing research research is for a big word for what i do research yeah. yeah but um robert Christgau is styles himself as the dean of rock critics so, okay so he's, he's from he's from you know the the, the late set i think he's still going um but he's one of the the big names in rock criticism from that golden age of lester bangs and stuff and his he, he writes these very short capsule reviews that are all naughty and cryptic and you sort of have to know who played tambourine in the muscle shoals <laughs> house band to, to understand what he's talking about <laughs> But he wrote about this album that I think is like just spot on. And he, and he writes, lacking both hippie roots and virtuoso pulse, uh, sorry, virtuoso post almanites like ZZ Top, Marshall Tucker, and Wet Willie. Again, you'd have to know who the hell those yeah. guys are. Well, I know Marshall Tucker. Yeah. Band yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Become transcendentally boring except when they get off a good song. But in this staunchly untranscendent band, uh, lack of virtuosos is a virtue. Because it inspires good songs, songs that often debunk good old boy shibboleths. So anyway, I mean, I think I think he actually hits it there. It's yeah, that these it's guys are not geniuses, but they find the right tone and they yeah, and they also write. And sometimes you know, and and you nine know, minute guitar solos. Nine, <laughs> which is a good setup to the next song. Yeah. I'm assuming I actually I was so I was listening to this trying to figure out how we're gonna play this. I mean, I may when I go you back to edit, start it I probably now. started this song, song like five yeah, minutes ago yeah. just to get to the. And I've bit. got my lighter out. Yeah, yeah, already, absolutely. You know, I'm already shining. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this song is I. What song is it you all want to hear? Oh, they know what it is. Talking it's already playing in the background. Yeah, this song exactly. is iconic. But you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. The first time I heard this song, uh, I was probably early teens, I think. So the song had been around for a long time. For some yeah. reason, I had no exposure to it, despite where it came from. I think it would be, you know, pretty 
the first time I heard it, I had heard of Freebird and I'd heard the joke. Yeah. About, about Shaggy Freebird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is uh I remember the first time I was like, this is music perfection. Now I'm not sure if that's true anymore. My tastes have become a bit yeah. more refined. Oh, you're so but sophisticated. You know, sometimes yeah. it's good just to go back to your roots, man. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how so, I felt just, about this. Just yeah. go back. Don't think about it. Unfortunately, I only have the nine-minute version. Oh, not, well. the, not the famous fourteen-minute. Hopefully, minute. we've had some stuff yeah. in the background for a few. All right, here we go. That just goes down so good. Oh, it does, yeah. It just goes down so good. Let that free bird fly. Yeah. Let's not stop it. All right. Uh, back next week? Back next week, my friends. With with rigor and discipline. Yes. What day is it today? It's Monday today? Yeah. We'll get it done. All right. We'll, we'll get it done. But uh, a very special next week. Next special one. It's it's Canada Day. Canada, Canada Day. Day. It's, Brad in, in February, yeah. I'm assuming, by that stage. So we're going to look at our top Canadian. Have you got yours picked? I do. It's a bit of an obscure one. Mine's pretty obscure, too. Yeah. I'm going with the one I think I'm going with. Yeah, it may be hard to find clips of it. Oh, it's I know what you're going for. Wow, yeah. yeah that might be you true. are going for something truly yeah. off yeah. the beaten path. It's pretty off the Well worth the journey, my friend. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And you? Yeah, it's not as obscure. It's not quite as old. But yeah. um, it's, you know, it's Canadian. It's never going to be that big. Yeah, that's true. Sunglasses or not? Are you doing sunglasses? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, this whole time we have been listening to some free bird. All right, let your freak flag fly. Let it roll. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.